On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Model 3 quietly gets a higher efficiency rating from the EPA, Model S gets a new wheel option, more Model 3 display cars hit Tesla showrooms on the coasts, and more. Welcome, friends. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode number 129 for January 21st, 2018. I'm joined, as always, by Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who is currently uh, gnawing away on the floor on a bully stick. Mmm, processed meat shoved into stick form. Uh, Anyway... I wanted to get kicked off this week with a follow-up from the headliner thing last week. I heard from a whole bunch of people. In fact, I think last week I told you that I got more calls in a week than I ever had before, which was awesome. Well, this week I got even more, (laughs) breaking the record again, which is fantastic. A number of them were about the headliner situation, and a number of them weren't. So uh, I wanted to, to just open by saying that I went and saw the Model 3 on display at the Stanford Shopping Center, which is about a half hour's drive from where I'm at. And that car, as I I believe I might have mentioned last week, has the textile headliner, the new stuff in it. And here's what I think. Here's what I think. So I do think it looks better in person than it does in the pictures. You know, these up-close pictures and just, it just, it's better with, uh, in real life than it is in a picture. It's not quite as cheap looking as I initially feared, but that being said, I do also think that it is a downgrade over the Alcantara-like, you know, suede-type material that was on those first 2,000 or so cars. That's obviously a subjective opinion. I fully acknowledge that, and, you know, the there's one other thing, because I've been thinking about this a lot this week, because I believe me, I heard there was a lot of feedback uh, from the audience on this. And there's one thing I sort of touched on last week that uh, it didn't really click for me, though, that I was sort of hitting on something until I was having an email conversation with a listener named Brian about it. And that realization is this. And that it's, I happen to be fortunate enough that I'm in, a, I'm in such a small, minuscule group of people for whom the, this headliner thing is even a comparison at all since I've been lucky enough to spend time in early Model 3s, in Alcantara. I know it's not actually Alcantara. That's like a trademark thing. But for sake of argument, we're just calling it that. But I've been lucky enough to spend time in Alcantara headliner Model 3s at the, the Model 3 launch event. And at the, uh, the, uh, the, the, it, back in November when I drove, got to drive one from uh, a, an employee who was very kind enough to invite me to, to drive their car. So the, the thing, though, is 99.9% of reservation holders, and this no doubt applies to most everybody listening to this, has, has never seen and will likely never see and Alcantara Model 3. So this whole thing is kind of a moot point for most people. And with that in mind, I'll, I'll say this. Did I, 
Did I spend too long on it last week? Yeah, I probably did. You know, be- belaboring points is is definitely a flaw of mine, not only in my, I, I hesitate to call this a broadcasting career because it's, you know, it's not real radio and it's, but it, you know, in when I'm speaking in a recorded form that goes out to people or live, I guess, if I'm, if I'm speaking in a way that's going out to the public, uh, it, that's been a problem for me. That's been a thing I've had to become aware of and try to fix over the years. But it's also something that I'm guilty of in my day-to-day life as well. Like, I'll be talking to somebody and realize, oh my god, I'm over-explaining the heck out of this. I need to just <laughs> to just cut this off. I'm wasting this person's time. So, I apologize if you feel like I did waste any of your time last week, because as I've said a million times before here, I always, always try to be very, very respectful of your time because your time is your most valuable. I, I think time is, is the most valuable asset we, that you have in a, in a given day, in a week, in a, in a month, a year, or a life. But, um, you know, I, even if you don't care about the headliner thing at all, or if you disagreed with me, which, by the way, plenty of folks did, I'm not going to apologize for speaking passionately about it. That that is after all what what I do on this podcast. I speak passionately about this thing that uh, I'm enthusiastic and passionate about, which is this company and these cars. But nevertheless, uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting to to go through all the feedback and and to sort of see how I felt about this with a little a little distance to it. Uh, we're going to hear more from folks, but I did want to take one call about this here at the top uh, that, to, to get one take from the audience here. And it comes to me from Jerome in the North Bay. So, Jerome, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Listening to your podcast uh, regarding the Alcantara headliner, I had a couple of observations with somebody who's paid attention for a while. Um, my first thought was, it's a headliner, get over it. The roof of the car is practically all glass anyway. What could be really the big deal? However, the flip side to that is the moment that Tesla mixed the sun visor material against the headliner material, that means clearly they weren't planning on this. That was a complete faux pas on their part. And I would be stunned if Elon doesn't correct the situation. It feels like a typical GM move in which they try to explain away a problem. And I don't think anybody from an enthusiastic standpoint as a, as a fan of Tesla is going to tolerate it. And secondly, I think that when you have a vehicle that's being delivered sight unseen to so many people and you switch and bait or bait and switch uh, the scenario like that, it's going to blow back. And I think that I would be stunned if Elon doesn't address it uh, very quickly here. That's my take on it anyway. Um, but I'll sit back and watch everybody sort of get through the initial humps of production, and then I'll order mine. Take care. Great job on the podcast. You make a good point, Jerome. The, the fact that people are having to take delivery of the car sight unseen, I think that really helped make a mountain out of a molehill on this. Uh, it wasn't the only thing, but I think it was a serious contributing factor. It's going to blow over. Maybe it already has. But I, I do hope that Elon and Tesla have learned from this. And, and I hope that that lesson is that 
greater transparency with your customers is always appreciated. You know, at, at least the sight unseen part is starting to be solved with display cars popping up in three California locations. And now uh, it's popping up in a few others that I would like to tell you about. Segway. Uh, <laughs> there are more Model 3s appearing in showrooms around the country. It is starting on the coasts for now. But in California, if you're up here in the Bay Area, Santana Row in San Jose, which is one of Tesla's busiest stores, and then one in Walnut Creek as well. So if you're out in the East Bay, look for a Model 3 in the showroom there that you can sit in and check out. If you're in New York City, the Tesla store in the Manhattan Meatpacking District now has a Model 3 for you. In Boston, the Tesla store on Boylston Street. And if you're in Florida, the Aventura location, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Aventura uh, Pierce, I had, I had to look it up. I wasn't familiar. It looks like it's about halfway between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. I suppose if you're in Florida, I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> you already knew that. You know that better than I do. But uh, in any case, so that's that's a, a few more locations, four more locations, actually one, one, two, three, four, five more locations. So that's a good sign, obviously. And it also means that I would expect more Model 3s to hit showrooms over the next month or so. You know, Tesla doesn't have a ton of stores in the U.S. in the grand scheme of things, so I suspect they're going to work their way from the coasts inward or maybe prioritize their highest traffic stores first, which, I mean, those two things may, in fact, be one in the same. So uh, it looks like you'll all get to see it reasonably soon if you're somewhat near a Tesla store if you haven't yet had the opportunity to see the car that you put $1,000 down on almost two years ago at this point. Now, not quite as good of a sign, not so good of a sign is that, uh, I mean, on the one hand, it's good, more Model 3 configuration invitations have gone out across the United States, not just here in California. However, the not so good part is that still not a single one of those invitations has gone out to a non-employee, non-owner. They're still only going out to existing Tesla owners with reservations. You may recall that I guessed, purely guessed, that Tesla could still hit my currently promised uh, delivery window for first production, which is December to February, You know, as, as me being someone here uh, close to the factory that camped out overnight was, you know, right near the front of the line uh, when stores open, but is a non-employee, non-owner. So I thought that uh, if, if they could still hit that December to February window, they'd have to get me my invitation by the end of January. That is fast approaching because uh, we're now, you know, two-thirds of the way through the month. Though, of course, again, as I said before, I, I am going to defer until that dual motor is available and the, the white interior as well I'm holding out for. But we'll see if Tesla ends up needing to do an official delay in the My Tesla delivery estimates, because that's, that's obviously not going to be received well if that does need to be necessary. I mean, there'll be nothing we can do about it, but we've already seen one delay in there, I'm sure Tesla does not want to have to push people back a second time. Let's move on to a bit of a happier topic than 
than uh, waiting for our Model 3s. Mike from Charlottesville, our friend who calls in on a fairly regular basis, he's got good news about new legislation on the table in Virginia. Mike, please tell us about it. Hey, Ryan, it's Mike from Charlottesville again. Just wanted to wish you and all the listeners out there a happy new year. So being from Virginia, I want to just let everybody know House Bill number 469 is being brought forward to the House in Virginia, and it is an EV tax credit of up to $3,500. And the nice thing about this tax credit that it actually carries over. So if you can only claim 1500 of it one year, you can claim the rest of it the next year, and it carries for three years. So uh, hopefully it passes and everyone in the state of Virginia can get even more money off of their EV. So thanks again. It's House Bill number uh, 469. Have a good one. Later. I haven't heard from you in a long while, Mike. Thanks for calling in and Happy New Year to you as well. So longtime listeners know that I am always more than happy to help spread the word on these kinds of things because I definitely like to inform people so that if they happen to live in the state in question, which here obviously is Virginia, that they have the information to make their voice heard with their elected representatives if indeed, you know, you feel motivated to contact them. And you know, what What else, what good is this podcast besides, I mean, hopefully it, it entertains you uh, a little bit, but largely informs you. And this is part of informing. You know, this is, uh, I think it's uh, it's one good thing I can help do is, is uh, spread the word on these kinds of positive electric vehicle type initi- initiatives and incentives that, that are being uh, put out there. So anyway, I looked at this up and Mike is, Mike's as, as expected, is really on top of this uh, because this was just introduced about a week or and a half or so ago. Uh, and thus, I would encourage you, as, as Mike says, contact, if you're in Virginia, please contact your local State House of Representatives representative <laughs> if you happen to be in Virginia and uh, if you feel that you, know, you want to put your weight behind this as a citizen. I would encourage you to Google it, and it'll be like the first, if you just Google Virginia HB 469, it'll be the first or second thing that comes up and read the bill, check it out. Uh, get informed, and then uh, if you if you feel strongly about it, get your voice heard. So thank you so much, Mike, for calling in with that. And Mike, uh, I know you will, but please keep us updated on that. Uh, if it if it passes, if it doesn't pass, if it's you know delayed, pushed off, pushed out of the session, or what have you, would love to to hear more about that. Thank you so much. Moving on with this week's Tesla news, this is an interesting little thing that that uh, popped up this week. The Model Three's efficiency rating as listed by the EPA has changed from the 2017 model year now into 2018 to the 2018 model year it's been it's been adjusted it went from being listed as a uh, car with a combined efficient you know highway city rating of 126 miles per gallon equivalent to now 130 miles per gallon equivalent. The same listing, it shows that you need 26 kilowatt hours worth of juice to go 100 miles rather than the 27 it had been in the 2017 listing. You know, it seems pretty strange that this would get stealth changed like this. Uh, I mean, I certainly can't tell you officially why. There's no Tesla statement on this and, and no other obvious reason. And 
Uh, I'll say I certainly don't think that anything was changed with the cars. It is possible. I mean, Tesla does update the cars all the time. As we know, they, for, uh, for mostly better and sometimes worse, they don't wait for model years to change things, even though this is, a, in fact, a model year change. Uh, as, as, for, as far as the EPA is concerned, but you know Tesla does update the cars all the time. But uh, I, what I think this is, is that Tesla is reporting this new number because Tesla probably had more confidence, uh, which likely comes from having more data from testing, in reporting these improved numbers that they just felt good about putting that out there, and so they did for the 2018 filing. I mean. We have seen Tesla do this before in other areas, and I'll give you an example. If you think back to the original P85 Model S in 2012, uh, and then of course into 2013, that car was originally listed with a zero to 60 time of 4.4 seconds, but after it was very reliably shown to do better than that, the official Tesla listing changed to 0 to 60 in 4.2 seconds. So this this kind of thing does happen. It's not unprecedented, uh, at least with Tesla. So I thought I'd pass that along. That was an interesting little tidbit. Now, speaking of Model 3, we all know, of course, that the UI uh, that's currently on the cars is a very early work in progress. You know, there's no... Uh, scheduled charging yet. Wi-Fi is just coming on. Actually, no, it's the opposite. Wi-Fi still isn't online yet. Scheduled charging just got added. But it was the same way with the Model S. When the Model S was first coming out again, um, harkening back to 2012 here, it was the same way. Very uh, rudimentary feature set that evolved over time. Well, for the Model 3, we now have a bit better of an idea of where it's going thanks to the one and only Elon Musk via, of course, his Twitter account. Elon was asked, can we look forward to more voice control before level five full self-driving to maximize safety while driving? Since nearly everything you control on the Model 3 requires input on the screen, thus taking your eyes off the road more than most other cars. Elon replied to this. It's really his only particularly uh, newsworthy Tesla-related tweet of the week. He said, Definitely, you will be able to do pretty much anything via voice command. Software team is focused on core Model 3 functionality right now, but that will be done soon. Then we will add a lot more features, end quote. Well, this is obviously very cool to hear. Uh, and if this comes to pass, it would certainly negate a lot of the potential issues with using a single giant touchscreen uh, including, you know, not displaying any other information anywhere else. You know, no, no screens in front of the driver, no, no anything else. I'll give you an example. If you just held down that voice command button that's in the car and said, wipers on, well, then the wipers would start. And since they're already rain automatically rain sensing, that'd be all you need to do. And then you could just hold it down again and say wipers off if when the time came. Although again, since they're auto sensing, you probably wouldn't even need to do that. But uh, same for increasing or decreasing your autopilot speed, which is something if you remember back to that November episode where I uh, gave you my impressions from driving the Model 3 for a couple hours. 
that was something I thought was was really kind of silly of having to uh, only being able to adjust your autopilot speed up and down through buttons on the screen, like having to actually take your eyes off the road in order to do it. Um, and as I said at the time, I'll say again, hopefully that right scroll wheel is going to be given that functionality sooner rather than later. Uh, but eventually voice commands would be great. I could see it being used to turn on creature comforts, like, hey, you know, uh, driver seat heater on, that kind of thing, driver seat heater level two, whatever you want to do. I could, I could see it's all that stuff is totally doable. I mean, I, that being said, I wouldn't expect a full suite of voice commands to come around anytime soon, but I am glad to hear that it's on the product roadmap. Uh, this is this is a little story next here, but it's probably my favorite thing of the week because the Model S has got a new wheel option this week. They're called Sonic Carbon Twin Turbines, and they are replacing the gray turbines for the for the same price. They're not more or less forty five hundred dollar upgrade uh, over the nineteens if you're ordering a Model S. The silver. Turbines uh, are still gone, and there's no silver twin turbine on this. But uh, so this is this is the only uh, 21-inch wheel option that you can get for your Model S out of the factory. And I have to say, you know, I encourage you to go into the design studio on Tesla.com and take a look at them for yourself. I think they look great. They're I, I'm a huge fan. Of the fans, since that's what turbine equals fan, that's a really bad joke. Uh, super lame. Let's edit that out. Edit that out in post. No, anyway, uh, I do think they look great. They're they are extremely similar to those outgoing turbines, but the the main difference, if you haven't looked at it yet, if you're if maybe you're hearing this podcast in a car or, or on a subway or out and about or something, and you, you can't take a look at the design studio, they're very very similar to the turbines, except. They have a, a hub over the lug nuts uh, to cover up the lug nuts, similar to the Model 3 Sport, uh, oh, sorry, I mean Stiletto wheels. It's that same exact concept. So I'm very eager to see these in real life, and, you know, it got me thinking. I mean, a refresh on these wheels does make a lot of sense because, after all, those turbines have been around since the very, very first day, day one of production of Model S. Again, I've been talking a lot of 2012, uh, talking talking way back in the early days of Model S here this week, but here we go again. The turbines have been around since day one in 2012. And in fact, I, I got thinking more about this on a similar note, and I want to caveat here, I'm not suggesting that history is necessarily going to repeat itself but if you ask yourself, why? Why refresh the wheels now? You know, it's January 2018, cars selling well. Do they really think that a change in the 21-inch wheels is going to goose sales when, gosh, I got to figure probably, I'll bet you 10% of cars of Model S's get ordered with those 21-inch wheels because you know, for a number of reasons, they're expensive, you know, compare they're another $4,500 and the tires don't last as long. Uh, you know, they're, they're more expensive to replace. So, you know, my, 
I would have to think that there's not a, in the grand scheme of things, not a ton of customers are ordering their cars with 21-inch wheels. So why do this? What, this, this seems strange. And here's where I'm, where I'm going with this. The slipstream wheels, the 19-inch slipstream wheels that became the default Model S wheel, I went back and checked this. They debuted in a similar way, out of nowhere. They just showed up on the design studio one day, and they showed up in mid-March of 2016, which happened to be a couple weeks before the design refresh, the front-end refresh of the Model S that happened like at the uh, very beginning of April of 2016. So um, could could these sonic carbon twin turbines portend that that big redesign, that full redesign that I predicted on my final episode of 2017? Maybe. Uh, you know, there's, uh, again, there's no way to know, uh, but that is what happened last time. We got a change. We got a significant change to the Model S the last time the wheels were tweaked. So it's entirely possible that uh, these wheels are just sort of phase one. Now, if that were the case, I mean, you could you could go back and ask this of the slipstreams as well, but if that is the case, you'd have to ask, I got to ask myself, well, why, why didn't Tesla just hold them and unveil, you know, put them into the, in the design studio with the redesigned car? Why would they put them up now? But, because uh, so that's, again, that's what happened with the slipstreams, but we shall see. So all I'm saying is just, Keep your eyes open for the next month or so, and let's see if anything happens. Again, I, I do stand by my prediction. I, I think I had said on the, that prediction show that I don't think that that redesign is going to happen till the second half of the year, um, but we'll see. We'll see. It might. It's going to happen one day. The question is just when, and am I gonna, will my prediction end up being close? All right. We've got uh, just one more story. This week before moving on to a very, very packed Ride the Lightning hotline. And it's just passing along word of another huge Tesla Semi order placed. Uh, this one's coming out of the Middle East, and the company is called BIA, which is an environmental and waste management company out of the United Arab Emirates. 50 Tesla Semi trucks. Uh, we've got a quote from the chairman of BIA, I, I also I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, the, and also the gentleman's name is Salim al Uh Let me try this one more time. Salim al Owais. I believe, I hope, I, I feel pretty good about the, the first two names. I'm not sure about that, that last name. But he commented on the announcement saying, quote, we are extremely pleased to turn towards Tesla for a solution that enhances our leadership of sustainable practices in the region as a company that strives to be the best in our field, we only work with partners that we consider to be the best in theirs. Through this latest investment, we hope to demonstrate to others the value and importance of seeking out better, more viable ways of achieving our business aims, all for the greater good of our communities. Uh, the company says, this is, comes via electric, by the way. Uh, the company says that electric trucks will add to its fleet of 1,000 trucks. So, you know, it's, this is going to represent about 5% of the fleet so far that they will be primarily used for waste collection and transportation, including transportation of materials for recovery. Uh, the group CEO also commented on the announcement saying, quote, as a torchbearer for environmental responsibility, BIA's move 
to bring the first and largest fleet of Tesla semi-trucks to the region is a significant milestone in our operational evolution. Sustainability is at the very core of what we do, and the pursuit of this feeds into every level of our organization. This is why we have made this investment in our transportation fleet, which occurs with a view towards a larger goal, achieving the objectives of the National Agenda for UAE Vision 2021. This brings the total publicly known number of orders for the Tesla Semi to around 500 or so now. Uh, and again, if you want to do the math on that, that equates to roughly $85 million in what will be mostly future revenue for Tesla. So some serious money waiting to be cashed in once Tesla can start building the Tesla Semis. That wraps it up for the news this week. Hope you'll stick around for the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up right after this, which uh, we've got, like, I think over 10 calls, just a ton of great calls. Again, some reactions to the headliner situation on, uh, on you know, people with different opinions there. We're going to hear about uh, taking delivery and what that process is like. We're going to hear about the uh, response to supercharger trophies, uh, CPO, Model S, etc., Stay tuned with me right after this. And as Daisy the Boxer Puppy transitions from her bully stick to the couch for a, a night's sleep, she snoozes away, uh, I move to the Ride the Lightning hotline, which is the portion of the show where, of course, you guys get to shine, you call in, you leave your message, and we talk about whatever's on your mind. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I highly encourage you to drop me a line. You can either use the built-in voice recorder in your smartphone to record a question there and just email the file to me. You can send that to teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline, leave a toll-free message, or I should say leave a message at the toll-free number, which is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you're curious, visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's go to Logan Willis in Colorado reacting to the headliner. Logan, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Logan Willis uh, from Colorado. I uh, just wanted to give you a call in regards to the new headliner uh, fiasco that kind of is going down. Um, I was just looking at photos, and obviously the Alcantara is you know much nicer looking fabric, in my opinion, uh, which I do agree with you on. But uh, you know, either way, I think that people are just upset just because there was no communication on this. I mean, it'd be like if Tesla started shipping the base or the updated wheels um, as black instead of silver when all we've seen is silver so far uh, for the, the sport wheels, or I guess they're not called that anymore. But um, yeah, just I think better communication is is important. Um, but, you know, if you look at it in terms of what we want uh, with those ultra white seats, um, I have to imagine that they're going to change the color of that headliner anyway uh, to black. Um, with white seats, I can't imagine they're going to keep that tan headliner. It obviously is going to look kind of weird uh, with white seats. So hopefully the black uh, will, you know, 
show up at some point, and uh, I assume that that's going to look a lot better than the current tan version uh, that is available to the premium interior right now. But uh, just wanted to call in, get my thoughts. Uh, again, give my best to Daisy the Boxer Puppy, um, to your wife, daughter, and then thanks again for everything you do, sir. Uh, I've listened to you for, what, two years now or something like that, and it's been a great ride. Thanks so much. Bye. Logan, I am really hoping that you're right with regard to the black headliner being in the ultra-white interior once that arrives. That's how it is on the Model S and the Model X. However, on the couple of Model 3 release candidate cars that have been spotted in the wild with the ultra-white interior, and uh, to be fair, they have not been spotted in quite a while, uh, those cars had the light headliner, which I'd, I'd call more of an off-white than a tan, personally. Um... But I, I will say, I was thinking along with you because back when those cars popped up, I even tweeted at Elon with those photos of the white, the ultra white interior car with the light headliner. And he either didn't see it or just chose not to respond. I mean, I, here's the thing I could see Tesla sticking with the light headliner for all of the Model 3s, regardless of seat color choice. And the simple reason is, you probably already know what I'm going to say, ease of manufacturing. And, you know, just letting the, the black headliner exist on the S and X to be a bit more of a premium look for the more premium upscale cars. Um, personally, ha having seen all of the interior configurations, I am definitely of the opinion that the ultra white looks best when paired with that contrasting black headliner. So I do indeed hope you're right. Hopefully we'll find out soon. I'd have to imagine uh, that the white interior, pardon me, the white interior will come online uh, around the same time that the standard battery does, since it was originally slated to be available before the standard battery was. In fact, on this note, I should mention that just before I recorded this week, uh, the design studio for the Model 3 was updated, and it now has like an interior page. It only shows the black interior right now, uh, and then there's uh, there's a dual motor, you know, on the on the sort of powertrain battery page. There's an option for the dual motor that's grayed out. You can't click it, but the, the they appear to be taking steps towards you know being able to easily just flip switches to enable that stuff in the design studio. So that, that would seem like, um, you know, maybe reaching a little bit, but it seems like a good sign for, uh, for the hopefully imminent availability of, of more options for the model three. Next, I want to go to Ron in Nashville. He wanted to call in about the headliner, but also about road tripping with his dog. Uh, remember this came up a week or two ago, so he actually sent in a call, and then he, he followed up with a little bit more about his dog specifically. So I'm just going to play those calls back-to-back. -back. So uh, let's hear from Ron in Nashville. Hey, Ryan. This is Ron from Nashville. I uh, love the show and uh, just enjoyed your latest episode. I'm currently on another road trip, this time from Fort Lauderdale to Nashville in my wife's 2013 Model S. Uh, I have a 2014 Model S. Uh, battery 85, uh, no performance, and single motor. But I just wanted to comment, uh, and I'm with my dog, and love traveling not only long distance for the 
stops every two and a half to three hours um, for myself, but I get to get out and walk my dog and give her water, and she seems to enjoy the road trips as well. So I think you'll enjoy the road trips with your dog. Uh, my first comment has to do with the headliner. Now, uh, this car, my wife's car, has the premium interior with the um, Alcantara seats, and to be honest, I had not thought about the textile headliner until I just heard your show, and um, I guess I'll have to go look at the pictures online, but this combination in her car is fine and it's beautiful, so um, I guess without seeing the alternative, uh, I, I don't know, I think you'll... Maybe you've got a taste of something else that you like better. Um, I don't know any better. This I actually love the interior of this car. Um, mine as well. Um, but um, she's got the, the premium seats and, and everything else. So the headliner is not really an issue, and the, the interior of the car is, is great. Um, now, I wanted to comment. You had mentioned some people were invited to come stay here on the East Coast. My wife, we actually have a Model 3 on order. And um, we still have not been invited to configure. We just looked on the app, and um, it, it still has us down for February 2018 delivery for the premium package, you know, first delivery cars. But um, we have not been invited to configure yet. I expect that's going to be soon if our delivery is February 2018. But um, And we're looking forward to it and hoping we get a Model 3, we've actually gotten to see one in California when we were visiting up there and sat in it and loved the feel and the look of the Model 3 interior. So I think that's it's a nice car and it's going to be a great game changer for the electric car industry. But we have not been invited to, you know, we have two F's and she was about 10th in line. At, at the national store on the first day to order the Model 3. So, uh, and you know, as two owner owners of two cars, uh, like I said, we still haven't been invited to configure, but we're looking forward to it. Anyway, uh, we love our cars, and I'm sure you're going to love your car when you get it, regardless of the headliner. Uh, <laughs> so um, enjoy it and have a great and safe uh, trips in it as well as your long distance trips. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Take care and love the show. Hey Ryan, this is Ron from Nashville again. I forgot to mention one thing about traveling with our dog. So there are two ways we've done it. We put the back seats down in our Model S. Um, we put the back seats down and then had that whole space open for her or one one seat up and the rest down and then put a, a liner that my wife bought on Amazon, very inexpensive liner to catch her hair and, you know, protect the, the car itself. Um, with the seats up and that back space, this liner uh, secures to the headrests of the car and it creates this um, pocket, lined pocket inside. And then um, we've had her on that liner without her bed and then we have a small bed that for this trip to Florida we put in, and she's back there sleeping right now. Um, I will try to send you a picture, perhaps by email, if I can remember, to send you a picture of her on her bed um, and show you what I'm talking about. But um, she loves riding in this car. Um, she sleeps most of the time, and uh, there's no vibration and no noise. 
So I think she finds it very comfortable, just like us. Take care. First of all, Ron, thanks for commenting on road tripping with your dog in a Tesla. Maggie would always do great on my San Francisco to Phoenix or the other way road trips. I mean, she 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 would sleep most of the way, and then of course we'd do bathroom breaks whenever we stopped for gas. Daisy, um, I think I, I don't know. I might have mentioned to you guys uh, when it was about gosh, probably a month or so ago now that I was having some car sickness issues with Daisy. Now, knock on wood, they seem to have subsided. Um, but I'll of course be <clears throat> keeping an eye on that. But you know, I, I hadn't really thought about how it's going to be better for Daisy in the Tesla since she's going to get a chance to go for a bit of a walk during charging stops since each charging stop's going to be about 45 minutes for me on that San Francisco to Phoenix drive according to the trip planner on the Tesla site. As for your car, Ron, uh, I'm sure your invite's probably going to be in the next wave or two given the information you provided so I'm curious, you know, are you going to keep both Model S's and be a three Tesla household? Or maybe are you going to trade in your older S since it most likely doesn't have autopilot if it's if it's a, a bit older? But yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that I am absolutely going to love my Model 3 when I get it. And by then, I probably won't even be thinking about the headliner since I'll have already accepted this outcome. Or... It's also possible that Tesla may have just switched back by then. You never know. Thank you for the call, Ron. Uh, both of them, in fact. Next up is Brad in Indiana. He wants to chime in on the headliner, and he is calling in with some experience. He has uh, cars that have one of each type. Brad, you're on the air. Hi, this is Brad in Indiana, and I just wanted to kind of comment really quickly on the Alcantara versus the Fabric headliners. Um, primarily because I currently own two different vehicles. One is a German, quote-unquote, luxury brand. The other is a very large truck, which gets horrible gas mileage, that was made in England. And the English truck has the Alcantara headliners. My German car has the Fabric headliners. Um, the English car looks terrible because of its light-colored Alcantara headliner. If you can imagine, this thing sucks up any dirt that might be on your fingers. If you reach into the car and grab, you know, above the door, you can see fingerprints on it. It. We had a, um, a leak in the sunroof, which is normal for these cars, and um, I can tell you once water hits it, it starts rippling up. It's down the front pillars of the car near the dashboard. Um, that material is basically just sagging now because a small amount of water had seeped down into it. Um, I am not a fan of the Alcantara by any means. My car looks fantastic, and I drive about 37,000 miles a year on business. And in, in the past, I've worked uh, in an industrial automation. I've been in many, many uh, automotive assembly plants and sub-assembler suppliers, and I can tell you, it does take a, a large amount of time to switch over from one product to the next. Um, there may be tooling issues. There may be um, supply issues. And I, I can understand how Tesla is migrating over. And I'm sure it's due to complaints because of that fake Alcantara headliner material. I have been in 7 Series BMWs, hand-built coaches with true um, suede headliners. 
those look fabulous. Uh, but the Alcantara, in my opinion, is just simply a cheap ripoff, and it ends up looking like an old tennis ball after about three years of wear and tear. So have no fears. I think the fabric's going to hold up fantastic. Um, I prefer it, my interior, to my wife's truck's interior. We can't wait to get the Model 3s. Um, in fact, the Alcantara is one of the things that I was disappointed by. So I personally am thrilled by the Switch, and uh, I think you're going to love the car. I appreciate this perspective, Brad. Thanks. I have definitely heard that it can get dirty if you touch it. I just, you're not the first person to have told me that. I mean, if they went to black, as the previous caller, Logan, or a previous caller, Logan, suggested, that might help mitigate that issue, but it sounds like, based on your experience, that you're very firmly in the textile camp. So I hope it does indeed clean better and hold up better. That would be awesome. Thanks for calling in, Brad. Uh, Pete in Dallas wants to chime in on the headliner. He is a Model S owner, and his car, he's got the black Alcantara in his S. Pete, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Pete in Dallas. Um, just a quick comment on the Model 3 headliner discussion. Um, so I'm sat in my S right now with the black Alcantara headliner, which I love. Um, my first S had the material headliner, a lot like what they're putting in the Model 3, which which was fine. You know, I didn't necessarily know any different, but certainly when I upgraded to the, the facelifted version of the 3 with the Alcantara headliner, um, you know, this was one of the things I was looking forward to. Um, and it's definitely a premium material. I don't think there's any argument about that. And given that it's part of the $5,000 premium package, I'm not sure Tesla has much of an argument either. Um, I guess my bigger consideration around this is that um, when I lived in the UK, I lived pretty near the Ford executive offices in, in Brentwood. And um, one of my friends there, their sole job was just to sit in a car that was production ready um, and just poke away at bits of plastic and bits of trim and identify where savings could be made. Um, and, you know, these savings are were pennies and pounds or cents and dollars, so it didn't matter, but just anything adds up when you're manufacturing millions of the things. Um, now, the theory was that, you know, any savings were not necessarily um, visible to the customer. And, you know, Tesla, likewise, if they hadn't started making Model 3 with the Alcantara headliners, maybe they wouldn't be in this mess, but they did and they are. Um, so my larger concern really is that Tesla are becoming a little more like the traditional automotive companies where, um, you know, they kind of nickel and dime you just a little bit on some of the features because the roof in a Model 3 is mostly glass. So the material cost of this is 15, 20 bucks maybe, the difference between Alcantara and fabric. Um, so it'll be a little disappointing if Tesla have done this on a, for a cost reason. Um, and I agree with you, you know, they, they designed the Model 3 with an Alcantara headliner and they've changed it. And so far their um, response has been a very typical corporate automotive response, which, which is not what we expect from them. So I hope they fix it. I hope they're not nickel and diming us because um, I don't want them to become that much like Ford and GM and the other guys, even though to some extent they have to to, to play in that market. Anyway, sorry to waffle on. Thanks for the podcast. Take care. You're right, Pete. To an extent, they have to nickel and dime things if they want to scale up the way that they fully plan to. But you're also right that Tesla has a chance to be better, as they've, they've already been so far. And it's not about this issue specifically, but it's about the precedent that it sets for the future. Also, uh, on a side note, I, I was thinking about your friend. Can your friend even enjoy the interior of any car? 
Or is his eye so trained to nitpick spots where the manufacturer could have cut a corner, uh, perhaps literally cut a corner, in fact, that he maybe is he like Neos who's seeing the Matrix in code? And <laughs> that's just what I picture. But thanks for the call, Pete. Let's move to Ken in Denver wants to talk a little headliner, but also one other topic as well. Ken, you're on the air. Ryan, this is Ken from Denver. I was wondering what your current guess was on the day one Model 3 reservation gift was. I was hoping for lifetime supercharging, but I think they would have announced that already if that was it. Uh, Also, in regards to the Model 3 performance headliner, I think we need more information on that. I'm wondering if it is a comparable or higher quality material um, or if it adds some has some advantage in durability or acoustics or something else. But uh, I was guessing that a a limited number of Alcantara headliners might have been uh, helpful in increasing the manufacturing ramp. But uh, those are my thoughts. Uh, Thanks for the podcast. Talk to you soon. Honestly, Ken, I think the day one reservation holder gift ship has sailed. Uh, Like you, I was very much hoping for free unlimited lifetime supercharging since Tesla, they're already using that as currency with the referral program. But I agree, it, it seems too late for that at this point. Um, I honestly think it's fallen off of Tesla's radar. You know, what with the production ramp going slower than they had hoped and slower than they had expected. I don't really mind, honestly. Uh, sure, it's a little disappointing, but it was something that was mentioned after we all stood in line. It wasn't a carrot that was dangled in front of us as, as if we needed any additional incentive. It, it wasn't a carrot dangled in front of us before we lined up to reserve the car sight unseen, which uh, so many of us did. As for the headliner, uh, I agree. It'll be good to get more information about it, which uh, should be imminent now that real customers are starting to take them home and live with them. Inevitably, somebody's kid... Or, or maybe a dog uh, is going to touch it with a dirty hand or paw, and we will start getting stories about how it responds to a bit of abuse. So be keeping an eye out for that. Next is Christian in L.A. He went to the Century City Los Angeles Tesla showroom to see the uh, Model 3 there. He wants to comment. Christian, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. My name is Christian uh, from L.A., First of all, thank you so much for the show. I love listening to you every week. Um, I just wanted to give my two cents on the premium textile headliner of the Model 3. Um, I took the liberty of going to the Century City Tesla retail store this weekend. Um, Good look at the Model 3. Uh, The one on display did have the premium textile. And quite to my surprise, I actually didn't mind um, the premium textile headliner. I didn't think it was as bad as I was anticipating. Um, although I don't like the way Tesla handled the situation at all, um, I do think that people will be okay with the textile headliner, especially um, if they haven't owned a Tesla before or a car with an Alcantara headliner and are not used to that. Um, but I don't think it's as bad as people think it will be, um, and hopefully a lot of people will agree with me. Um, anyways, just wanted to give my two cents. Thank you so much again, and um, I'll call in again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for chiming in on this, Christian. As you heard earlier in this episode, I agree with you. 
It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, and I'll say your call seems to represent a lot of the feedback that I received. Most folks seemed less bothered by the headliner itself and a bit miffed at Tesla's communication about it. So onward and upward for all of us, hopefully. Uh, and to finish off, some of you may already be sick of the, the headliner talk. I promise this is the last one and it's going to take us out on a fun note. Michael from Milbray, my friend, you have the last word on the headliner situation with Model 3. Hey Ryan, great news. I ripped out all the Alcantara in my Model X headliner and replaced it with some burlap sacks that I got at the farmer's market. And let me just say, it looks fantastic. Super premium upgrade. I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, just kidding. Stay strong. <laughs> I needed that, Michael. Thank you very much for ending this segment on a fun note. And if, by the way, if you are sick of hearing about the headliner, I promise you that is the end of it. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on this in future episodes. We do, we've said all the things that we all need to say. Uh, let's move on to a few other topics. Let's start with Adam in Sonoma, who asks about Tesla delivery and that process. Adam, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Adam in Sonoma with a question about Tesla delivery. Wondering if you could take us through a primer on how that actually works. The reason I'm asking is because all the controversy about premium materials and headliner, mismatched materials, got me wondering if you go take delivery of your car and there are, you know, what you, what you think are mismatched materials, can you say, you know, this needs to be fixed or can you say thanks, but no thanks. Uh, can you t even test drive the car before you take your delivery of your Model 3? Can you get it and say, you know, I'd rather get a version with um, the premium materials instead? Can I order that one and come back another time? I'm just wondering whether your delivery day is basically you walking up, you get your, your key card, and off you go. And that, that's that. Take it or leave it. Or if it's something you can poke around in, take a test drive in, uh, change your mind on something like the premium materials, you want the upgrade, or you want all-wheel drive instead, s stuff like that. Uh, so I'd love to to get some answers on that uh, for when my delivery comes up. Thanks very much. I am happy to help inform folks on this topic, Adam. Now, I haven't taken delivery myself, obviously, but I have read literally dozens of accounts of Tesla deliveries and of Model 3 deliveries specifically over the last month or so. What happens is you're brought to your car and you are given a fairly comprehensive walkthrough of it by your delivery specialist who will show you all the functions of the car, uh, which of course primarily involves that dashboard touchscreen, but also covers stuff like properly closing the frunk, etc. I very much encourage you to give a thorough inspection of your car and take careful note of any issues that you might happen to see, such as paint flaws, uh, panel gaps in the body panels, etc. Your delivery specialist will document those and create what's called a do bill, which basically means that you will get scheduled to bring the car to a service center at a later time in order to have those issues addressed fully under warranty. By the way, you to answer your other question, you can refuse delivery if push comes to shove, but those cases are fairly rare 
And you would almost certainly, except in probably the most dire of circumstance, uh, as far as like problems with the car, you would be sacrificing your $2,500 non-refundable deposit, which you will make after you configure your car. But because, yeah, you can't change your order uh, after seven days. You get locked in. So let's say you decide, oh, you know what? I want an all-wheel drive car instead. Can't do that. It's locked in. The order is locked in seven days after you finalize your configuration. So I hope that helps. Just a couple more, I guess three more calls still this week. Danny from Washington replying to the idea of trophies earned, digital trophies earned for visiting superchargers. Danny, what do you got? Hey, Ryan. Danny Nelson from Washington again. I was just listening to the call about uh, uh, trophies for you know traveling to superchargers and stuff. I thought it'd be cool if, um, I don't know, maybe it already is a thing, but if you are, you're a Tesla owner and you, you know, you're getting your points racking up in, in America, if you go on a you know, vacation overseas or whatever, maybe you can you know, rent a Tesla and log into your, uh, into your account so that car is essentially yours for the time being. That way you can accrue more trophies and stuff out of the country. You know, it would be kind of crazy to be shipping your car back and forth so you could get you know, worldwide trophies. But anyway, I thought that would be cool. Thanks for the podcast, Mike. Well, it's entirely possible that might happen, Danny. Remember that Elon has already talked about eventually having full driver profiles that are stored up in the cloud so that anytime you get in a Tesla anywhere, it sets all of your preferences, like seat and steering wheel position, mirror position, your music favorites, etc. So there's no reason that they couldn't work the trophy system into that as well, right? And you kind of touched on this, but I think if that happens, you totally should get a special trophy for visiting superchargers that are separated by undrivable bodies of water. In other words, separate continents. We shall see. Two more calls here. Matt from Cincinnati wants to talk about that Tesla trip planner that was introduced recently. Matt, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Matt from Cincinnati. Uh, I just wanted to touch on a uh, comment that... uh that a caller had uh, mentioned last week about the uh, Tesla trip planner. I imagine what Tesla has in, in mind here is for new customers to give them an idea of what kind of range of supercharging they would need. But uh, what I'd like to see from Tesla is a personalized trip planner for owners where you would go into your My Tesla account under your specific car and uh, Tesla could pull your own performance data from their, from their profile and uh, you could map out uh, journeys and potentially, uh, hopefully, send them to your car, and uh, it would be a very uh, quick, easy uh, way to put directions in your car without actually having to do it in your car. So uh, I, I hope that's what Tesla has planned, but uh, I know they've got a lot going on right now with Model 3, so they're probably just uh, behind on things. So, all right, well, thanks. Uh, thank you for the show. Uh, keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. I believe I proposed something very similar to this recently, not long before the trip planner actually went online. You're 100% right, though. It seems like a logical next step for that software, and hopefully it is indeed going to be phase two of its development. I'd like to see it integrated into the Tesla app so that you could be anywhere and do exactly what you're proposing. Hopefully Elon or someone from that software team is listening to this. All right, our last call this week, the honor goes to Brad in Virginia, wants to talk about CPO 
Or I guess Tesla just calls them used, in used inventory now. Used Model S's. Brad, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. It's Brad from Falls Church, Virginia. I'm a Model 3 reservation holder, and uh, while I'm constantly on the Tesla website poking around, I've seen the used Model S listings, and I've just been looking at them, and I haven't seen one that, pay, that has um, an autopilot or enhanced autopilot, and that's something I'm definitely going to get on my Model 3, and it got me wondering if that feature is, I can't imagine it's only for Model 3, is it maybe that um, some of the older Model S's and or Model S's don't have that because it was a you know an upgrade that kind of came further along in the process, or um, maybe it's just called something else. You know, so I'm just wondering. I thought maybe you all might know what uh, what the deal is. Why don't I see that as a feature? Or maybe it's one of those things that once you have it, you're never going to sell that car, so they're not going to show up on the used listings anyway. Thanks for your help, and uh, look forward to hearing your answer. Hi, Brad. So I took a look at these, and they simply appear to uh, all be pretty older Model S's. The used inventory does not seem to be very plentiful right now. In fact, there were no Model X's in there at all when I looked, which was on uh, Thursday night. And they're all, all those cars, they're all old enough to be Autopilot 1 cars, but if you do click into the listings, you will see that many of them do indeed have Autopilot 1 on there. So it's something, it's not the latest and greatest that's going to evolve too much past where it is now at this stage. So that's why you don't see the enhanced Autopilot on there. Hope that helps. And thanks to everybody for all your fantastic call this week calls this week. If you didn't hear yourself, you may very well hear yourself in the February edition of the Patreon-exclusive episode of Ride the Lightning, because again, um, the most calls I've ever gotten in a week, they were all good. I literally, again, it's, this is not a joke. I did not just delete any of them. They were all good, useful calls, but this uh, this episode's getting, getting long enough as it is, so uh, a lot of those are going to get kicked to the Patreon-exclusive show, so we will make good use of those at another time. If you want to participate in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, which I really strongly encourage, would love to hear from you, whatever's on your mind in the world of Tesla, you can either record your question on your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, then email that to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a message on the Ride the Lightning Hotline anytime. When you call that toll-free, it's one 989 Eight seven five two. Be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. I want to start by thanking all of the extremely kind folks who support my efforts with this podcast on Patreon. Uh, they are the Patreon producers who support me at the $20 level or higher each and every month. They are Paul Hussey, Jeff Bartram, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael Oprey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, John Lasher, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Sean Fournier, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Orion Coates, Aaron Greenberg, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, and Jerome Strack. Thank you all so, so much. 
Uh, if you are curious about Patreon, you get a lot out of the show each week. It informs you. Maybe it entertains you a little bit as well. And you'd like to figure out a way to say thanks, you can check out the Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You may very well be running out of time to get that free unlimited lifetime supercharging if you plan on buying a Model S or Model X. Uh, the current referral program is scheduled to end on January 31st. We do not yet know if it will continue. Now, it's been running for like two years, so you might think, well, of course it's going to continue uh, with, you know, Model 3 production ramping up. May, you know, maybe not. I, I think odds are pretty good. It probably will keep going for at least another quarter or so, but uh, better in, just to be safe, if you are planning on buying an SRX and you're doing it soon, make sure to use my cousin Patrick's referral code to get yourself that free unlimited lifetime supercharging. It's Patrick5008. So either give that to your sales advisor, or if you're just ordering from a computer, type this in, ts.la slash Patrick5008. Type that into your browser. That will take you to the design studio on Tesla's website, where you can then configure an S or an X, and it will have that free unlimited lifetime supercharging baked into it. If you're picking up a new Tesla, be it a Model 3, maybe an S, maybe an X, and you are in or around the Bay Area, uh, I encourage you to visit uh, Immaculate Reflections. They are the Bay Area's premier detailing solution. They can take real good care of that car, keep it looking as good as possible for as long as you own it. They do uh, the new car delivery prep. They do paint correction. They do ceramic coating, paint protection film, any of that or all of that, or any combination thereof, check them out on Yelp or Instagram by searching, by looking at uh, immaculate underscore reflections. That's where to find them on those platforms. Or just check out their website, irdetailing.com. Speaking of folks who are very cool to our audience, you've got Abstract Ocean as well. Visit abstractocean.com if you're interested in Tesla accessories for your car and or for you, the puddle lights have been the hot item, I'm told, by Abstract Ocean. The, T, the Tesla T logo, the Model 3 3 logo, the S logo, the X logo, whatever you want shining down from your door uh, when your door is open at night down onto the, the ground below. It looks super cool, but they've got a million other things to choose from as well if the puddle lights aren't your thing. Go to abstractocean.com, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, that's all one word, RTLPODCAST, put that code in at checkout to get 20% off of your very first order. Uh, I think that about wraps it up. Ah, You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You can follow Daisy the Boxer Puppy on Instagram if you're in the mood for puppy pictures, guaranteed to be uplifting. There's nothing but joy on that page, I promise you. You can follow her on Instagram. She's Daisy the Boxer Puppy. All one word there. Uh, hey, and by the way, the Spotify thing is now official. Definitely happened that you can get this podcast on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user, feel free to check it out there. You can, of course, also subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn. Of course, you know, in your Tesla via TuneIn. Or... 
you can grab individual MP3 episodes and or the RSS feed at the podcast hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. Yeah, Spotify, again, thanks again to Spotify for, uh, for getting me hooked into that. That is an awesome, huge platform. Great to have the podcast on there. And I think that wraps it up. Yeah, that's everybody I wanted to mention as usual. So for a sleeping and now, wow, fully stretched out Daisy the Boxer, she's taking up almost the entire couch. She's not even fully grown, but she is adorable and snoozing away. She's been fantastic. We're in, we're in uh, training class number two now. And she did well. She's doing really well so far. I'm just super stoked. You know, my hope, my secret hope was, is, you know, as much as I will always love Maggie dearly, she'll, she'll always be just the most special thing to me, the most special companion uh, of the four-legged variety. I always thought, you know, with Daisy, I thought, well, you know, hopefully Daisy can be better in the sense, not, not a better dog, but better trained at least, you know, because I can, Maggie was my first dog of my own and my first boxer. And so hopefully I can, I always thought I'd hoped, well, hopefully I can take my lessons and learnings from Maggie and the things that I wasn't good at or didn't do a good job of, I can, I can do better with Daisy. And so far, so good. She's doing great, which I'm really happy to report. So, um, her spay is coming up. That'll be fun because she will be, she'll have the cone on her head. The, she'll be the cone head for a while. That's about, what are we, that's, we're doing that in about three weeks or so. So that'll be fun. She'll have to be monitored all the time to make sure she's not uh, getting at the stitches, but well, you get through it and then it's over. All right. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast, episode 129. Happy electric motoring, my friends. And I will see you, of course, back here every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern time with a new episode. See you next week.